listeners, and welcome back to Yeah, Uh Uh-huh with Lisa and Phil and our frequent flyer guest host, Aaron. Boy, his arms must be tired. Many greetings and namaste. Namaste. Yes, this week that is particularly appropriate as we are talking to Ananda Zenia Shakti. And Ananda has a history uh, in rock and roll that we're going to touch on a little bit. We're not going to uh, dwell on it, but it's interesting to folks like Aaron and I who have had the imbalanced history of rock and roll on and kind of rock and roll fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was with a band called the B girls mm-hmm. back in the uh, late eighties, I suppose. Seventies, yeah. early eighties, so early seventies mm-hmm. and early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can find a lot of, uh, so welcome. Thank First you. Of all, welcome. Thank Good you. to have you. Thank you. Um, and you're here because we, you know, we get stuff from Michael at MTS Management, and we invite people on when we like the artists that he sends mm-hmm. over. So not everyone comes on, but um, we're happy to have you. Um, Thanks for coming. Thank, yeah. thank you. I'm happy to be here. So the B girls, uh, you can find some things on YouTube. Uh, from what I read, uh, the band. Never did sign a recording uh, contract, but they did a lot of really great things. Like they uh, opened for The Clash and bands like uh, Joan Jed and Elvis Costello. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Ananda? We were um, a dream, teenage girl dream band, and we just wanted to be a band. And we didn't know how to play our instruments or anything like that. So we decided to form a band uh, as teenage girls. And... Um, and then, and then people were like, "Oh yeah, we love it. Play here." Like we we had gigs before we even knew how to play. Never mind having any songs. <laughs> but we were like practicing so hard, our fingers were bleeding. Like to be able to change from like D to G to C it was like this massive, you know, feat on the fingers and practicing. So you you were playing guitar. I was playing guitar in the original lineup. I was the rhythm guitar player if you could call me anything and and we the, luckily we in our first lineup we had a professional singer that the singer was my best friend and she was a jingle singer like since she was a little girl so that carried us a little bit through some of the bumpy music behind because she could sing properly and then at then within a year or so she left and then I became the singer and and I played rhythm guitar and then we got a really decent um you know lead guitarist into the band but so we had gigs we had people writing music for us before because we didn't know how to write yet you know we were just like starting all these things were happening and 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 we were extremely likable which was also different out of the punk scene like we weren't the we were like the 60s girl group version of the punk scene rather than that kind of like you know just like completely crashed outside of it so so we were quite likable so people liked us and and so we were lucky that way we got a lot of lucky breaks and Probably the biggest break was seemed like a bit of a catastrophe. We got our first like gig in New York City, and we were going to play at Max's Kansas City. We were excited, you know. It was like the big thing, the big thing. And we got there, and there was a snowstorm. We're from Canada, from Toronto. Now Toronto's not, in case some people in the states think we're living in igloos, we're not. It's nothing like that. It's just like Buffalo or something like that. But, but you know, we're used to. You're you're familiar with snowstorms. Familiar with snowstorms. New York City, the whole place closed down. We were freaking out. There was like it was like big news reports. People had to sleep in their stores and they had chains on their cars and everything shut down. We're going, Are you kidding me? Like and so Max's closed down, everything was cancelled, and we're just like, This is not even snow, like we can't believe it. We were like so disappointed, you can imagine. And because these clubs book up like at least a half a year to a year in advance, right? It's like the hot place to play. Well, we were determined to not leave until we played. And we were teenagers, and so we didn't really have jobs that we had to get back to. So so we stayed, and we started hanging around G- CBGBs. And um, Hilly, the owner, he just, he really liked us, because again, we were, we were just likable. You know, we were like kind of fresh and different than a lot of the people that were around at the time. And so... We, you know, we said like, you know, Hilly, like, it's, we're so sad and, la, 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 you know, we couldn't play. But, and eventually, like within about a week or two weeks, he invited us to do something that never happened, was to be an opening act on a weekend gig. So you always had to audition for CBGBs. He had never seen us play. He had never heard us. But he invited us to, to open on a weekend gig. So you without, felt bad about the snowstorm? He just disliked us and just wanted us to oh. feel 
like, okay, we didn't, we said, we really don't want to leave without playing. Is there anything we can do? Can we audition? Can we do? And he just put us right in as an opening act. Excellent. It was so excellent. And it was so strange because it was a band that was quite popular called the Poles that were from Canada, from our home city, and we were opening for them. So they weren't that happy that we just got scooted in (laughs) through all of the, all of the moves. But that was the way that it happened. And then what happened beyond all of that magic was that the clash were in town and they showed up at CBGB's and they saw us and they loved us and they approached us and said, Hey, like, we really love what you're doing. We really want to support you. We want to take you on tour. Can we connect? And we're wow. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. That so- band wasn't your average punk band. They, they really blew up. I mean, mm-hmm. they became a po- very popular. Yeah. Uh, they were very know. popular. And we actually, we toured um, twice. We were invited for three tours, but the third the third one was in the UK. And we were like saving all of our pennies to be able to go and do it. Um, but their drummer got, he broke his arm and they had to cancel the whole tour. And so in a way that actually was advantageous for us again, because then they felt bad that we lost it. So when they did their London Calling tour, which, you know, was like one of the best albums ever, we were invited as one of the opening acts for the London Calling Tour. And 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 we didn't have equipment. And we didn't have enough money for the transportation. We said, well, we don't have any amps. It's okay, you can use ours. Well, we don't have money to stay in the hotels or to have, like, equipment. Like, they were paying us some, of course, but, you know, it was, like, just... Yeah. You can travel on our bus. It's okay. Like, you can just, like they just gave us like everything. And, and the, you know, the opening act of such a, at that level never lets another band use their equipment, but they let us use their equipment and, and everything had to be reset again, like when it was time for them to come on. So it was, they, they have roadies for that. Yeah, they do. They do. And I guess they thought, well, we're not going to destroy their, their equipment. You know, we're not, yeah. playing bus, so we're not, yeah, playing. you're not, you're not oh. Pete Townsend and Keith. <laughs> Up there yeah, blasting amplifiers with the guitar and stuff. Yeah. Um, Kicking over the drums. Exactly. Hitting amplifiers with the guitar. Right. <laughs> so did you interact with uh, Joe Strummer very much? And I mean, well, you know, Joe was a very, very introverted person. So yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, we traveled on a bus with them. I had this massive crush on Joe, Joe Strummer. I had to say, I would just like, like just be looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had this huge crush on him. <laughs> well, the lead singer, you know. <laughs> but he looked like Montgomery Clift and I was like really into mm-hmm. Montgomery Clift for some reason, you know, and then he ended up singing a song about Montgomery Clift, so I guess he was yeah. aware. Yeah. <laughs> I guess but, he was aware. <laughs> so right. so it, it was beyond all of the magic that led up to it, that show was magic. I mean, their show was magic. Our show, I have no idea what it was like, you know, it was nerve wracking, but we got up there and we did what we could do. Um, right. But it was pure magic watching this show every night. It was like one of those moments. It was one of those very unique moments in rock history to watch that show being played live. There was such a vibe around it. And and just to be there, like watching from the stage every night and just like like the energy was so incredible. Like that was but, their highlight. But there's recordings out there that you don't even know about. Probably. <laughs> well, let's to give the audience a taste of the B-Girls. Can we go ahead and play a bit? Uh, one song I really enjoyed was Two Hearts. Love 
were to like go back to that era and tour again with any one of the bands listed here, go go back on. Listed where? <laughs> Are you sharing a screen? Yeah, I'm we looking at our screen. Yeah. Um. It, okay. Obviously, the Clash was like your opening to this soul scene, and they really, you know, gave you kind of a lot. But between the Clash, Joan Jett, Elvis Costello, and Iggy Pop, if you could do like a dream tour, who would you most likely say yes to now? The Clash again, for sure. I know that was the Clash. Yeah. yeah, must have been great memories yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and. I know all of the other players, like all the other people on the list. So I know the personality types and what their habits are and everything. So definitely the clash we were more aligned with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, cool. it's not just a walk down memory lane we're doing here. You know, mm-hmm. you're very uh, current artist, um, very successful, especially on the British iTunes mm-hmm. download wow. chart. Yeah. Um, yeah. We dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. But I mean, okay, so social media, I mean, uh, that, that is the charge you want to be on. Yeah. You want to be on the download, you know, the, the, well, yeah. it's, it's not, uh, the UK specific. It's not Casey Kasem anymore. No, so, no, no. You, know, you want, you want but, to be uh, a download. Um, you want to be on top of that. Uh, as an artist, have you had trouble adjusting over the years for, for how success is, um, determined or rated now as the way it used to be? Well, you know, I I was a teenager for a lot of my time on the B-Girls. I mean, I hit into my early 20s by the end of it. Um, and so I wasn't even noticing that we were successful. It was just like, hey, we get to record with Blondie. Hey, we get to do this. Like, it that was really over my head. The ego, like, honestly, in terms of the way that a human being de- develops, your ego, the full, the full embodiment of the ego doesn't come until between the ages of 18 to 21. And so that's more when those things start to actually have a different resonance. So it was really pre, pre the ego landing. So it was more of just an experience, you know, that was, that was fun. And we were always having fun. That was like the main thing for us was just that we could have a lot of fun. Um, So so even though we were very successful in what we did and, you know, we did have record labels and people approaching us, I ended up leaving the band at that time because I, because I had a real, really profound spiritual awakening and my path already was very different than the rest of the, the rest of the band and the rest of the world that I was in. I was, by the time I was in the B-Girls, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs and nothing like that. Whereas I was surrounded by a mosaic of people that were just completely involved in doing that to excess. So I was like drinking Perrier all the time and like, you know, running up 50 flights of stairs where we lived, and like running back down. And I was yeah. totally something different. So when, when I really got the, you know, the organic awakening of something greater about life, um, I left that regardless. It didn't matter that we were just about to sign a contract that that didn't matter because that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the fame that I wanted. I wanted a fulfillment from the inside. And so now it is very, very different. And even, even now the band, which my band now is called love power, the band, and we are getting a lot of success. I don't really know what that means. It's also all happened mostly during the COVID time. So, you know, we're just starting to play out now. And so, you know, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, um, uh, it's certainly a lot of hard work now, you know, this whole social media pumping and everything. It's not my style, but, you know, you have to just keep on putting it out there and putting it out there and putting it out there to, unless you have tons of money, you can hire people to do all that stuff for you. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of work that way. So I don't really know. I mean, I think yeah, that, the only way to get out of self-promotion is to hire somebody. somebody right? yeah. Well, there there are um, interns whom you can mentor. Ah, well, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. What I see, what I see now, and I and I and I do admit to my ignorance. I'm not that at all up on current music, other than my own. Like I only have so much time. <laughs> It's not out of a lack of interest, but I just only have so much time in the day. It's enough for me to manage. But what I do notice just from what I am influenced by is that it seems now, and I think this is a very healthy, very good thing, and it actually is one of the themes of Love Power, the band. 
is that there's a much deeper mutuality between the audience and the performers. There's like a real connection. We're not doing this big star icon thing. As much as I loved many of the people back there, I mean, we were glamorizing something that was really quite self-destructive. Most of those people are not alive. I think I actually just had a dream about Joe Drummer the other night, Joe Strummer, and I was just like, it's like none of them are alive, you know, like most of them are not alive for because of reasons of a lot of self-destruction. And we were glamorizing all of that. Whereas now that, of course, there are, that is part of, you know, it's part of the potential for an artist to fall into that. Because if they really are reflective in their art, then they have to reflect usually in a way that has some kind of destructive tendency in it. Or if they get... a uh, absorbed with the persona of the artist and then they're taking things personally then they have so much fluctuation in their moods about like whether the, whether they're good or whether they're bad or whether they're good or whether they're bad and then they start to go down because of that but what I'm noticing now is that people feel much more mutuality with the with the artists that they are in some way holding up that's fine but like they they agree with the philosophy they feel that there's that there's oneness they feel that there's camaraderie they feel that they're friends that they're actually friends rather than they could never, you know, never connect with that kind of a person. And that I really appreciate right. about the art that's coming out now. And I think that will just continue and continue as we continue through the evolution that we're in right now on the planet. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 person, the personal touch that the mm -hmm. streaming and that type of uh, format yeah. is introduced to the arts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so just to give you a little contrast of what, Ananda was doing back in the day and, and some of the good work she's doing now. Let's go ahead and play some of Festival of Life, No More Limits. I believe oh, that's your most recent. Yeah, this is our new single. It was just released. Yeah. I love power. Thank you. all the, the spots say, here uh, so you're low on time me, now right the girls and uh the newer stuff it's 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 more it's not i wouldn't say the b-girls punk wasn't what i would consider punk you know yeah. the angry you know you were more of a 
Well, to me, it seemed a like nicer, it was like sweeter version. It seems like it was evolving in a more new wave at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. new wave. It was kind of new wave and punk, and we were more like new sort of wave. The, right? the yeah. DIY punk aesthetic, maybe. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 instrumentality, the uh, the singing, yeah. you know, all yeah. of that is was very punk. You know, the the not necessarily being polished, right? right. Punk. Yeah, I think or, you know, and then the anger. Of course, yeah. But, but the last yeah, thing I'll say about the bee definitely a, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about the B girls is that I, I read to where they they tried to not they done, tried to downplay the sexualization kind of you know which I with like. the sweat you know it wasn't like the Bangles maybe or um, yeah. L seven I guess which is just more a little more uh, you know it was more uh, the the sweaters and stuff like that and and the high school dance you know the the yeah. more innocent themes. And, and I really do wish that the more powerful celebrities would, um, and I think they do as they get older, but is it because they're getting a little bit older or is it because they're thinking about it? They need to talk about more the sexualization because there was a point where Britney Spears and, and, and Christina Aguilera and um, uh, Katy Perry are on stage. They're the headliner. They're the talent. And they are practically naked. Right. Is that a personal choice or an industry demand? Right. And if it's an industry demand, it needs to stop. Why do women have to be naked to sing yeah. while men get to wear full body armor? Those yeah. are great points. You know, Aaron made a good point. Yeah. And that we're running out of time with Ananda. Okay. So, yes. Um, no, I know. So yeah. I wanted to the you last few words. Bring up yoga. Yeah. Yes. Talk about uh-huh. your yoga. Okay. Can you say, um. Or what would you prefer to oh, spend the, the, a little bit more about the band, if it's okay? About the, okay, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's so, your time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with Love Power, the band, the music is still has an edge to it. I, it's not ambient like some right. yoga music that you would call, but I would still say it's yoga music in that it's the message is one of universal oneness. And part of one of the main things that I do is that I operate as a channel for the angelic realms and I... And I do readings for people telling them what the karmic past life impressions that they have holding on a cellular level that are creating problems for them now. And then we we have to, it's like a story. You rewrite the story because it becomes a belief system. And so the music is also coming to me in that way. I'm, I'm going, I go into like a little bit of a meditative state and then I start to hear the song and I start to hear what the intention is and, and how it's coming down. And this is why also... If you listen to the music, you'll hear often it's very layered um, uh, vocally. And it's because I'm really hearing it kind of like in this angelic realm kind of a thing. Although I'm not saying it's like also pretty. It's not. But it's very, very, very layered because I'm hearing it in a very multidimensional way because that's where that's the way it's coming through. And I made a commitment to myself. When I left New York City, I met my first mentor, a spiritual mentor. I came back to Canada to be with him and to study. And I was like, I'm going to do music again, but not until... I know that it can be really transformative in a spiritual way, like not not even spiritual, transformative for a human being, something that is going to continue to open them. It doesn't, we don't even have to call that spiritual because that's just actually being a, a normal human being is that we continue to open up. And and so it took me some time to find people that could understand this music and could, could play with me in this kind of a way. But I'm so thrilled with the people that came together and they all came, they're all part of like the yoga community and healers and they're all part of that, um, all part of that world, but yet they all have like a rock edge to them. They all, all have musicians that. as well. Yeah. 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 They knew how to play their instruments already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. So I had a leg up on the, the B girls in that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. but, and we do something called what we call interactive music when we're doing a live gig where it's not it's not call and response, but the audience actually gets a part, a piece of the song, because the song have, has many layers to it. So they become part. So we're always just trying to create that oneness and, and dissolve that separation between the musicians and the and the audience and just keep on encouraging on a very deep cellular level the idea that we are one because this is the thing that is going to bring the peace, the healing, the answers that we need in life. And so in the Love Power gig the audience and the um, and the performers become become all of them are the musicians, and they all have to hold down their parts. It's, it becomes very cool. It's really, really fun. Yeah. 
Person. Yeah, call and response is always uh, a, a positive experience, I yeah. think, for yeah. me at least. Yeah. There's something that um, one of my favorite bands, Fish, does that's interactive with the crowd called the Big Ball Jam. Wow, okay. There's four giant, like, rubber balls that they, you know, drop into the crowd. Each is a different color. Mm. And um, each each one represents one of the musicians. So as the ball hits and moves, they play <laughs> improvisationally, you know, whether it be drums or keyboards or bass, you know. <laughs> and then you hear the other, there's four of them going at once. So the audience kind of creates the music there. Oh, that's, okay. that's cool. That is, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to try a, a fish concert at yeah. some point. Yeah. Well, Ananda, mm-hmm. you've been very gracious with your time. Really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I have more notes, so maybe someday we'll, we'll, hook we'll in, get back you know, again. We'll, we'll get back with you. Um, but as we is, go, uh, let, go. Next let me ask my final question. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would uh, like to highlight? Um. During our remaining moments. Yeah. Websites, stuff. Oh, well, yeah. My website is called Love is the server. And on my website, you see everything that I'm doing. It's got, it's got Love Power of the Band, and it's got all of my other healing offerings and all of my other inspirations and everything. So it's all really there. And then my, my Instagram is the same, onlyloveisreal.love, but my Facebook is Anandazinya Shakti. And um, I'd love to hear from anybody who's out there. And I really hope that as we're going, everybody's being squeezed through these times that we're in, that you're finding deeper and deeper awareness, more and more places where peace lives inside and more and more space to be open-hearted and open-minded for each other. And that music, that you can use music as vibrational healing to help to help the mind and the heart open. So please. Yeah. You created a new mantra there. Love is the server. <laughs> Love is the server, yeah. Oh, nice. Get some t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah All right. you should. Well, on that theme, why don't we close it out here by playing a little bit of I Am Love. Seems appropriate. Okay. Thanks again, Ananda. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was you. nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet you. Thanks. Thank you. I am love, I am love, I am love I am love, I am love, I am love I am love, I am love, I am love I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love Radha Govinda Radha Radha Govinda Radha Radha Govinda 
me, 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 me. Uh, what you doing there, Ron? You, 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 you. I'm getting the pipes ready because I'm getting ready to submit my resume to MTS management because I'm going to be a social influencer, singer, songwriter. I'm going to take the world by storm. And and Pedro promoter. And Pedro promoter, yes. Let's not forget that. Well, just think of all the great artists we've had on the podcast. We've had yep. Ludlow Creek, Benita, yes. yes, Rhett Wicker, uh-huh. Stephanie Strange, Ananda, Vina, Shaka. It's a fabulous resource of oh, guests for your podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're like me, born with immense talent and don't know what to do with it, channel it through MTS Management. That's MTS Management Group. And tell Michael that, yeah, uh uh-huh, sent you. Yeah, uh uh-huh. MTS Management. They'll work for you. All right, Aaron. So I'd like to get a little short review of your, uh, just to beef up this episode, a little short review of your Robert Plant, the Alison Krauss company. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> I don't have the set list yeah. in front of me or my phone ready. I wasn't expecting Oh, no, that. no, no. no okay. it, it might be better um, than if you had notes. You know, what did yeah. you think? Um, I thought it was great, front to back, top to bottom. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. opening act was uh, J.D. McPherson. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, I think, a rockabilly revival guy. And he was also the lead guitarist for uh, Plant and Krauss. So he he had his own band out there, and um, they did a rockabilly version of uh, "Lust for Life" by Iggy Pop. Okay, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And um, then uh, yeah, there's there's the the break between them. They came out, did one set, and a one song encore. Um, the encore was a Lucinda Williams cover. What was it? Uh, it changed the locks. No. Oh, okay. No one about a chain around my neck. I still think she might be related to me. You think so? Yeah. What a near. There's a certain family resemblance, just a bit. Uh, can't can't let go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now here, now I do have the set yeah, list. Williams. So they they opened with Rich Woman, and it's the same mm-hmm. same set every night too. So mm-hmm. Rich Woman off their first album. Love that. Quattro is the first song off their second album. Fortune Teller was really good. That was off the first mm-hmm. album. Price of Love, that's uh, off the new one. That's Neverly Brothers. Then they did a country version of Rock and Roll, the Zeppelin song. And um, Please Read the Letter, which is Paige Plant. But I think they also did it on the first album. First yeah, album. Please Read. Yeah, it, 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 they did that. It's really beautiful. Yeah. High and Lonesome. I think that's Plant and uh, T-Bone Burnett. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really familiar with that one. Um, Last Kind Words Blues, that was... Uh, that was an Alison Krauss-led thing. That was mm-hmm. awesome. You led me to the wrong. Trouble with my lover. Some more Alison Krauss. Go your way. Mm-hmm. It don't bother me. Leave my woman alone. Ray Charles cover was a good one. Mm-hmm. Then, then was the Battle of Evermore. That's the one I say was. That's worth the price of admission right there. down the house yeah she's (laughs) she's better than sandy denny oh yeah Mm. yeah. to me her voice is well when we saw her back in 2011 
I just yeah. thought her voice was the greatest female voice I ever heard. You know, and that was right before she ended up she, having surgery, or was it right after? She before. didn't have. She did. Did she have the surgery? She did not. No. Oh, okay. But I thought so. Surgery. I had told you that. Yeah. I had thought so, but Aaron yeah. actually looked I, it up. I went course. to. I went to look up what the surgery was and stuff, yeah. and you know when it was and how you know how she healed, and it turns out um it was a mental psychological block she had some sort of phonia as a matter of fact yeah it wasn't misophonia Mm. it wasn't lisophonia dysphonia something like that Mm -hmm. well and phonia relates to like um uh oral and uh and voice so anything uh ent otolaryngology it's go. unfortunate that that word is used since it has a negative connotation. Well, that was the tour where they supported uh, Paper Airplane, which uh-huh. was a great album. Right. That was at Alison Krauss Union Station album. Really liked that. Mm-hmm. And then I think she started developing this before or after she did an album, a solo album called um, Windy City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a tribute it was to. During the making of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a tribute to Chicago. And mm-hmm. She's from Illinois. So, she, yeah. yeah. But so, I guess she was so overworked. Well, she had therapy, stressed. just her kind. She well, she she'd go into the studio and she's thinking, okay, I only have two hours to get this right. Blah 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 blah, and then and her voice would just lock up; nothing would come out. Stress. Yeah, it was stress. Yeah. So Sad. Good thing she realized that before they cut her. Yeah. Because the doctor will cut you. Well, you cut, cut that voice. You cut. <laughs> I mean, my that's dad something. used to have this weird Careful. saying. He'd say, "I I'll cut you. I cut you funny." Doctor be laughing when he sews you up. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably said it to Phil. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's ironic that you bring that up because I was listening to uh, Fly on the Wall and they had Ellen Cleghorn on, and one of her bits was "I'll cut you, I'll, I'll cut, cut you. you" on SNL. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she, oh, yeah. Uh, when the levee breaks, I got to touch on that too. Okay, I, I can't remember if Paige Plant did that too. They might have, but it's the. The arrangement is the music from Friends on Led Zeppelin three. Okay. That that droning bow sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right before. Ooh, I'm telling you now, Grayson. Yeah. She was doing that on the on the violin on the fiddle. That, yeah. that droning sound. It was pretty awesome. That is awesome. And then he just. Just, All yeah, last night, sat on the levee. You know? So it's the lyrics from one Zeppelin song and the music from another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, Aaron, when uh, I was rushing my makeup to put uh-huh. some eye makeup on and I stabbed myself in the eye with eyeshadow. Oh, I thought you were like, making a musical. Really, really well. Yeah. I thought you were coming along and, with a musical. Um, I don't yeah. tear up very well. <laughs> So uh, my eye is not cleaning itself out uh, the way it should. I thought you were gonna say I hate to mash up. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm tempted <laughs> to get like a I don't know like a cotton ball or something. Dip well, it go, in go take care of it if you have. Yeah, to. yeah. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. This it's, is this casual. I mean, yeah. There's nothing that isn't right here where we are that I can. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just I'm I don't want to stick more things in my eye. Yeah. But I may have to. All right, when the levee breaks. When the levee breaks, then um, they close the set with Gone, Gone, Gone. Everly Brothers is on their first. Uh, pick, I love Gone, Gone. Plant, gone. plant Cross. And um, yeah, the encore, I think I mentioned, was Can't Let Go, the Lucinda Williams. Yeah. Off off car wheels on a gravel road. Yeah, I, I, lo- I, I love the, the first album. I haven't heard the second one. But uh, I remember when uh, Carla, uh, not Carla, but uh, Chrissa. Mm-hmm. When she heard uh, "Gone, Gone, Gone," because that yeah. was a video, that was like the big single from the first album. Yeah, she was like, "I can't stand this." Robert Plant is gone. Uh, he's totally wuss now. He's like totally just wussed really? out. And he's like, yeah, she yeah. said he's it's not this big it's, bad rock and roller like anymore. And I'm that like, has, has like she a... listened to him through the outdoor? Man? Yeah, has she has heard she all my love. <laughs> yeah, or Led Zeppelin <laughs> three, even you yeah. know, yeah. going to California or uh, yeah. you know, friends. Yeah, Chris, I had. You know, I'm like, opinions like that. I could see Carla. We're not talking about Glenn Danzig here. You know, it's not, like, <laughs> Chrissy yeah. usually yeah. didn't have opinions at all. It's like totally right up his alley. Because really. she didn't want to conflict with anyone. Yeah, it's funny. 
Well, he's really, yeah, he plan has really gone his own way throughout yeah. his. Oh, I should mention, uh, he, he had a man bun. Oh, did he? <laughs> for the fashion, for the fashion oriented out there. Yeah. Plant was in a man he bun. He had one when they were recording. Maybe. In the recording sessions, Maybe. the initial ones, and she had like a like Maybe. a silk kimono on over over whatever she was wearing, like a black outfit. Yeah. But, so she oh. was like had like flowing sleeves. Mm. Like, you know, John Paul Jones yes. would have been jealous of these sleeves. It's it's recommended to women as we age that we use kimonos as a form of fashion cover up for anything we don't like. And then just wear a black outfit underneath it. That's limiting. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the, uh, cause I think it was a spur of the moment thing for you, right? You, mm-hmm. you didn't know your, yeah, I had no idea I was going to be going to a show that night. Yeah. Someone said, yeah. Hey, my, my wife had to bail. I got an extra ticket. You want to go? And I, if it was indoors, I wouldn't have gone. And mm-hmm. being, Why not? even outdoors, I wore a mask the whole time. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. COVID. I mean, that's, COVID and monkey I don't know. I don't. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, you know, that, was, that was awesome. An awesome yeah. little thing out of the. And I'm so much more from from all my hiking now. I'm so much more familiar with Griffith Park and you know where that venue is. I mean, I've been there mm-hmm. probably ten, twelve times before, but not to the to the Greek Theater. I mean, but um, you know, not not having hiked all over the park like I have now and knowing where everything. It's it's just a different thing, kind of is we went to a Weird Al concert and I got the shirt to prove it. And we also got a big poster because my darling husband bought us VIP tickets. So very exciting. Hmm? Is that an accordion on the shirt? Yes. Mm -hmm. He's He's playing an accordion kind of like an axe. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to say nice axe, but it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, not once during the show it's a, did he it's an strike this particular yeah. pose, but but that's okay because it was we should say it was at the the Schuster Center in mm-hmm. Dayton, um, Dayton Ohio. Ohio, August twenty third, right? Um, a Tuesday, right? We had to take off a lot of work time, <laughs> but it was a great it was mm-hmm. a great time. Yeah, you it know, was. right from the mm-hmm. beginning, we. Uh, Left around two o'clock. We got there. We went to Uno's Pizza. We had time to have a dinner, yeah, nice dinner beforehand. There is, it, it's apparently the only location left in Ohio. And I had been, what's ironic is it's the only restaurant that's like right there across the street from the Schuster. And um, I had been craving deep dish pizza. And so we got to go to Uno's and right. we got a deep dish, a small deep dish pizza and a salad yep. and shared it. But we uh, sound keto. It was not no, keto. we kind of went we, off keto. We for blew the, day. the hell out of keto the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah, we 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 put it on the thing, cut its head off, and let it run around in the yard for a while. Yeah. I see. Back to the grindstone today. <laughs> um, so uh, we got there early for Weird Al trivia. That was pretty cool. Weird Al Jeopardy. Weird Al Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Right. That was fun. And um, mm-hmm. so we were there. We didn't participate really. At least they, mm-hmm. First of all, the people at the Schuster Center were fantastic because they saw that Lisa was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and they made all these accommodations for her, including during the trivia. We got this, you know, they didn't force us to come down by the stage. We could stay pretty much right. where we wanted to. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with VIP passes, we were able to meet Weird Al after the concert. They came and got her after the concert mm-hmm. and oh, cool. escorted her there. And brought us to the, uh, the theater where yeah. the, meet and greet was and i'll even say al signed our poster right mm-hmm. here before yep. anybody else yeah uh, online because it you know not to put her out anymore so. well there were two lines one with a photography where you mm-hmm. got a professional photograph with al there was a uh uh a covid thing you know and then they were gonna COVID thing right a covid wall yeah he was COVID gonna wall yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a like plastic a, wall, like a plexiglass okay. or plastic or something. Right. I think it was plastic. It might like have been you're visiting plastic. him in prison. Exactly. Kind it looked of, like yeah, he was in prison. Except yes. it was full yeah. body. We just stood. We stood on this side. <laughs> he stood on that side, and then they're going to, like you know, remove it. Yeah. Um. They we had the option of getting individual photographs or group photographs. Um. 
We didn't actually get to speak to him. I suppose if we'd gone in the autograph line, it might have been different. No, we did speak to him. But, well, very, just very, for a very quickly. Second. Lisa did tell him, "Hey, you're my we birthday, have, we have the same birthday. We have the same birthday." And Al said, "Oh, nice." Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so that was the extent you know, of our conversation. Yeah. Okay. We did speak to him, yeah. but you got a knife. Um, yeah, we got yeah, a knife. Was, Big smiley yeah, we got knife. Nice from, and a smile. One, you know. Yes. Um. So that was, and he did. He has been touring for a while. He did. Um, he looked good overall, but he did look a little bit tired. But to be fair, he had just recently had COVID. Apparently, yeah. the entire band has been having COVID and, you know, like a week at a time. Right. Yeah. So currently, that's, the drummer, last night, the drummer had COVID. That's why and, I won't go to indoor shows. Yeah, right. so he got a different, you know, well, we were far enough away from them that I don't think that was going to be a problem. And then there was the COVID wall. Mm-hmm. you know right and of course um, you can the, always ask then there were the thousands of other weird al fans so well that's true right yeah. john bermuda schwartz yeah. john bermuda bermuda uh, schwartz their drummer uh-huh. <laughs> contracted covid when they were in ashland and he had to stay there and he had or at to least stay he was there. diagnosed with it yeah so um what so show almost kentucky yeah mm-hmm. the show yeah. almost did not come up come across al said that you know they almost canceled the show so. but um uh, mr what's his name mr schwartz yeah mr schwartz uh called a friend in california who flew out to do the show oh, so nice. they had the drummer then the i believe it was the bass player ended up in the emergency room they didn't state why he was in the emergency room um but he got back in time to do the show so they almost had to do cancel the show twice Man. I would have been, you know, I'd have been like, oh, hello. Mm. And then I would have been like, well, if we can, we transfer our tickets to Louisville because Louisville, the 27th. So we could have driven, driven down on Saturday, gone to the hotel down there, you know. Yeah. 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 But they might still be without the drummer and bassist. Well, the drummer, yes. The bassist was a different issue. That was just a, I mean, still, you know, yeah. But it know. seemed like it was it was like something like a wound, like something to do with his arm. The basis was there. I know. Yeah. He had been to the but emergency room play. earlier. Right. Uh, and he showed up in time. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, anyway, for anybody that's considering one of these VIP mm-hmm. situations. It was really nice. It was nice. You know, mm-hmm. plan to stay yeah. about an extra hour and a half after mm-hmm. the show. You're not going to have a sit down, you know debrief with the star you know yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get a, a quick uh yeah. meet and greet and yeah thank you very much and and it was, yeah. it was really nice you know mm-hmm. being able to yeah. you get yeah. the, you'll get a grip and grin right right yeah kind of only no grip <laughs> right in this instance yes no touching all mask well, in yeah. the uh, part where Her- get in the line for the signatures because mm-hmm. yeah. he just there was just like a table now we didn't stay for that well, we didn't have to, as I right because he did. They they accelerated our experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, mm-hmm. so let's talk about the set list because that's uh-huh. you know Aaron right. was interested in that. Our friend Will mm-hmm. was interested in that. Okay. Um, these songs, you know, I was a little bit nervous going into it because I was like, well, I love the parody songs. I'm not all that familiar with all his. You know, deep cuts. He did use mm-hmm. the term deep cuts. I thought that was amusing mm-hmm. since it's something we bounce around here sometimes. But so, and and all of his music is good. He writes his own music and lyrics, but they're all kind of parodies in a way. Yeah, yeah. Right. Even if it's not one of his more well-known parodies, Let me tell you, this. Number, you know, I was, best. I was stuff. looking over these and uh-huh. I was thinking, "Buy me a condo." I don't know that one. And then I walked away, and twenty seconds later, I'm going gonna buy me a condo gonna mm-hmm. buy me a Cuisinart and I'm like wow yeah. I guess I do know that one <laughs> yeah right right mm-hmm. yeah I had that same experience yeah. with um it's like surprising morning star even... yeah yeah, yeah. That, no, is that the one about um the gossip newspaper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so even if you haven't or weren't that familiar or had lost the uh, <laughs> you know if you had lost the memory of those songs or whatever yeah. they they came back to you quickly, or if it's something you've never heard before. It you know, was easy to assimilate. They were still earworms, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're still yeah. easy to get engaged in the song. Remember, Brian Newman used to always reference Nature's Trail to Hell. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys caught a Nature's oh, Trail. Oh, yeah. That was on the set list. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, 
So he, and the banter in between the songs helped mm-hmm. carry it. You know, it was just really entertaining because of the, ban- the you know, the things he would say the in little, between the songs to set him up. and talks. And, and yeah. uh, at one point, you know, he knew he had a novice drummer there that maybe didn't know, you know, the well, whole, he, he did a hell of a job. If he didn't know, I didn't, I couldn't tell. But mm-hmm. yeah. But at one point, he put him on the spot. He said, "Okay, so now we're gonna have a big drum solo." And he pointed to him, and the spotlight came on him, and he's just like, he like dropped his sticks. <laughs> it's funny. And he was like, "Yeah, because yeah, when he spotlighted like the keyboardist and the the guitarist and the bassist, they all did a little something." Right. But he was like, "Uh," so he did like. Right. He started to drum solo, but then they went almost immediately mm-hmm. into uh, Airline Amy. Yeah, well, yes. that drum some right. that drum solo fit with the, the feel of the concert. Mm-hmm. That short, little, cute, you right. know. Well, somebody from the audience shouted, "No pressure!" and then the whole mm-hmm. arena erupted and laughed. I mean, the whole yeah. thing was just funny, though, all the way mm-hmm. through. I mean, yeah, um, mm-hmm. young, dumb, and ugly. This is, I'll just run down the set list real fast, but young, dumb, and ugly. Melanie, why does this happen to, why does this always happen to me? I'll never forget about Larry. Don't <laughs> download this song. Now that was good. Don't download this song because, uh, you know, th- there were all these, uh, warnings before the concert, you know, no flash photography, no videotaking. If you do any mm-hmm. kind of, um, image taking, make it a picture and make it fast, you know, mm-hmm. and then, but Al pulls out his phone and he starts, he starts spanning the audience and his guys while they're playing and stuff like that. And he said, okay, for this song, for this song only, I want everybody to get out either their lighters or their phones. So the whole arena was lit up with, uh, with flash photography at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I grabbed the, I grabbed a good portion of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll play that here. Mm-hmm. Like Morpheus or Crosser or LimeWire or Gazaw. But deep in your heart, you know the guilt would drive you mad. And the shame would leave a permanent scar. Cause you start up stealing songs, then you're up a liquor stores. And selling crack and running over school. reasons they didn't want us to use our phones was to avoid uh distracting or uh, uh messing with the experience of the people behind us right no we didn't have us. any behind us we were in a special area for like wheelchair and handicap and one of them that really struck lisa's mm-hmm. fancy was frank's 2000 inch tv she could relate <laughs> to that one <laughs> you ever heard that one no it's about frank's 2000 inch tv yeah yeah and I, you know, he said the title of the song and I was like, honey, no. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, you know, the whole, the whole yeah. pre- he set that one up by talking about how, you know, this <clears throat> back in the, this is back in the nineties when nobody had a 2000 inch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so Frank's 2000 was like a symbol of his manhood. Yeah. It's like the whole that. neighborhood yeah. could hear it. Right. <laughs> so that was really Really good one. Everybody knew when Frank was watching TV because the Dolby surround sound was available for all. Yeah. Um, buy me a condo, which Aaron just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Christmas at Ground Zeroes, another that one that the I one knew. I knew after all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The one that hit you like a uh... earworm. Yeah. Or uh, I guess. it was a uh, deja vu. Silent attack. It was a way homer. You get it on the way home. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, Emo Phillips in the opening act, he did a joke kind of based on that whole phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He talked about how it was really dark. It was like his dark, darkest bit. He was talking about when I was a kid, I liked to play Russian roulette and we went back and forth and back and forth. And it was click, 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 click. And finally, my friend, boom, then handed me the gun. <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody, and then he's like, had this inquisitive I mean, look on his face, and yeah, and and so then he moved on like it was nothing. Then he, then he like caught himself at the end. Yeah, and he was like, because oh. he told a story about cutting a chicken's head off, right? Which brings us back to what I was saying 
you know, before. It is a long and winding know, road because he's yeah. talking about how chicken's brains down in its body took, take off its head. It runs around. Muscle still. memory. Muscle memory. And then when he told the chicken story, then he was like, oh, the gun. That's how he handed <laughs> me the gun. Muscle yeah. memory. You had to be there. He's, no, yeah. I got it. It's a good one. I, yeah. I love you. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, yeah. Very dark. I, I haven't seen him on TV in a long time, but I remember him mm-hmm. from the Tonight Show and stuff. And I'm sure there's YouTube. Last I saw him was on uh, that Chris Hardwick game show thing uh, mm-hmm. at midnight. He was hilarious on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to do that one because I like that show. I never got to see it much, mm-hmm. for, I guess, because it was at midnight and I was working day shift. Well, and then they did the good old days. Mm-hmm. Dare to be stupid. I recognize that one. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a that was a hit. Um, mm-hmm. Then they did the drum solo, the aforementioned. Mm-hmm. Then Airline Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then and then he did another one of his little you know in between uh, intros where he talks about uh, the beginning of his career and he was you know this was a song that he said was going to be he thought he was going to be his biggest hit. And he and, you know, he was most proud of his song and he started to, uh, you know, he sent it out to the record dealers and stuff like that and uh, got very lukewarm response. Mm-hmm. But he Crickets. said, yeah, he said, I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. You know, I love this song so much. And it was uh, Let Me Be Your Hog from uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was pretty brash, you know, just kind of uh, he did about 12 seconds of that. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody literally it was just like, it. let me be your hog and and. Yeah, another one is yeah, and then it's just a funny moment, right? Yeah, and then uh, let's see, Velvet Elvis. Mm-hmm. I think I remember uh, that one too. That mm-hmm. might be one of his oldies. Yeah, because I had a couple of his albums that I used to listen to at work. I listened to him and um, Jim Croce and uh, and and Bonnie Raitt because that's what I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Midnight Star actually was taking a bio break. But uh, to mm-hmm. my, you know, you were able to hear the concert throughout the venue, even in the restroom. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. My my baby's in love with Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It's a uh, it's not polka. It's the New Orleans version of polka. Apparently, there's two versions: German polka and um, New Orleans polka, and that one's a New Orleans polka. Okay. Apparently, uh, I don't know the difference. Like- Zydeco? Yes, yeah, Zydeco. Zydeco, Thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, he, yeah, he talked about the difference between Zydeco and the origins of it as yeah. opposed to Eastern European. Okay. So he, um, he he said Zydeco and he didn't say New Orleans polka or did he? No, he said it's a New Orleans brand, type of polka. It okay. was started in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's Zydeco. Mm-hmm. And he said the basic, basically you can tell if it's Zydeco because Ninety percent of Zydeco is about Eddie Vedder, so I mm. that was just funny. It might have just been the joke, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's got a joke because some of it uh, predates Eddie Vedder. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a there was a Cincinnati had a local band, uh, Buckwheat Zydeco. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh okay. Maybe they opened for Al mm. at one point, huh? I don't know. Seems if possible. he played Clifton, yeah, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Nature Trail to, Hell, Trail to Hell. I can see why Brian liked that. I remember the Brian likes thrash metal. He liked rock and, you know, this was pretty heavy. This is like the heaviest song of the Yeah, the a night. lot of his songs that are just like his songs are a bit metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. That was the last of the set. Minnesota. Right. Yeah, so that was kind of the end of the concert. And, of course, he walked up stage, and they pretended they weren't going to do an encore. Right, but his keyboardist, yeah. Ruben, uh-huh. kind of collapsed at the side of the stage. They all kinda, did that. They were all very histrionic places. about how exhausted they were and how uh-huh. different. And they didn't want to do it, and they'd make these just you know gestures like, hey, we're not mm-hmm. doing it, we're not mm-hmm. doing it. And then, that's uh, funny. Yeah, and then finally mm-hmm. Al came out with his arms raised up, and that's when they, uh, yeah, they said, he said, We'll play anything you want to play. We're ready to rock, you know. And then yell out what you want. Everybody's yelling out like, you know, white and nerdy or you know something like that. But he said, as long as it's by the violent films. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when they played "Blister in the Sun," which Mm -hmm. I can't believe he didn't sing lead on the original. He sounds just like yeah, you know, violent violent films. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then he went into a medley, like Amish Paradise. He a did mashup that. of his songs. Yeah. Amish. Of his popular songs, the right. ones that are on the charts. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, he did it like mm-hmm. an Amish version of Amish Paradise. It wasn't like yeah, a was rap. Very, it's you know, kind it was of more, slow. More slow and mm-hmm. more uh, Krauss. Maybe plant. he's not a, a natural rapper. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. white and nerdy. You got to hear that. Yeah. Well. Um, smells like Teen Spirits. He did. He does that parody of Blurred Lines, but I can't remember what the actual parody name was. I just said Blurred Lines. Mm-hmm. And then the, the final part of that was Yoda. He did Yoda. Word, word Crimes. Oh, word, word crimes. crimes. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He did. Uh, he started Yoda. He did Yoda. And then he did a impromptu. Well, I'm sure it wasn't impromptu because it was like mm. brilliant. Yeah. But it was like this crazy acapella mashup of different sounds and outrageous uh, noise not only making with his, with his voice mm-hmm. but with you know and his you know the rest of his band is actually kind of like a weird and, version of scat joined him on like that the, the fish vocal jam at the end of you enjoy myself okay, okay. yeah yeah ziggy's actually yeah. Ziggy, 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 ziggy. Yeah. yeah almost like a foreign language and, and every, every day it would be something different mm-hmm. and then at one point he's like uh oh lions uh you know the lion sleeps tonight he did, mm-hmm. he did that you know like the whale yeah. in the middle of that so that was yeah. really cool i'd like to hear yeah. the fish i'd like to hear what fish you know uh, it's, it's different every time but yeah yeah it did the weem away yeah in with that kind of scat right you know? and then it eventually got back to yoda and that's how the mm-hmm. concert ended you yeah. know the lights finally came back on at that point mm-hmm. but yeah well and then it had to be because um you know then he had to be av- he was available he made himself available for the photographs and the signing yeah and we left what time was it like 11, 11 uh, quarter after 11 quarter after 11 when we went out and there they hadn't even uh, you know about 10 minutes after we left well no it wasn't that long people started coming out with the signed posters yeah so and it was very efficient it was very well run yeah is it a new venue? I don't think I've heard of it. I think it's fairly new. I don't know how old it, it sure is. It sure seemed, it looked new. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. well yeah. modern. Yeah, it was lovely and clean and, and well done. Yeah, and um, they had this like kind All of. All the Dayton oh, arenas I knew of are gone yeah. now, I think. Well, this is it's definitely indoor. Terra like arena. a, you know. Terra yeah. and uh, I'm pretty sure they do like opera there. Uh it might be, you know, it's their like arts center. It's right near the theater. college. Yeah. Yeah. Arts theater. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that one doctor's first name? Oh, I can't tell you. Well, and then the other one was when mm, um, no. the guy came to take Lisa down to meet Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Wanted, oh, yeah. Wanted, Everyone was wouldn't wonderful. let me touch her wheelchair. He was mm-hmm. going to take her because he knew the mm-hmm. route. He would get yeah. through all the, the barriers to get there. Yeah. And, um, we had no idea. Lisa had a, a little thing of thread in her mm-hmm. in her backpack. A little spool of thread from where what, I had been working. Was it unwinding? Backpack. It got stuck on his shoe. It oh, got no. stuck or on something. something. And the, with every mm. step and every every step he took for about two hundred yards, it all wound up around his shoe and up around his ankle. <laughs> and finally, and, he got to a point where yeah. it snagged, and he's mm. like, he almost fell over. Mm. And then he uh, he reached down and he kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And I'm like, and uh, 
<laughs> and then finally he had to stop and try to cut that shit off himself. <laughs> completely embarrassed. And then another guy came and picked Lisa up and, and mm-hmm. continued to yeah. take him off. So we kind of well, and that guy the- had gotten snagged on it on the way up. So he kind of left him in the bus. So, <laughs> so I had to be tandem wheeled because a spool of thread attempted to escape yeah. from my uh, from my backpack, no less. So I have no idea how this thread got out. And I, I like that too. Huh? You're Mr. Magoo. You're taking people out without even knowing. <laughs> I had no clue. I told, I said to him, I said, look, uh, no, no good. He goes on and punished. And he, so, he didn't really see that to being that funny at that point. No, he, he really didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> he had stuff to do. He couldn't afford to fall. Yeah. It was, yeah. So you know, but, special, but I, it was kind of funny though. Special thanks to that guy. Yeah. Putting up with us. I think his name was Alex. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Hey.